things very soon after I became a believer that God showed me was the central role Jewish people have played in God's plan throughout the ages. In the past, present, and in the future. That was almost basic of the gospel for me. Immediately I knew when I started reading the scripture in our congregation, in our church in Turkey, our pastor will insist that every year we read the Bible from cover to cover, and that's what we will do. Every time I read the Bible from cover to cover, you know what happened to me? I met one Jewish man after another in the Bible. I met one Jewish woman after another. I started thinking that I'm Jewish too. Because the God whom I believe is the God of the Jews and he is not ashamed of that. He identifies himself as the God of the Jews. Did you know God never said, I'm the God of the Americans or the South Africans? He never said, I'm the God of the Zulus and the Kozas or the God of the Coloreds or the Indians or even God of the Turks. He never said that. He said, I'm the God of the Jews. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that God also said, Jerusalem is his city. He never said, Cape Town is my city or any other place. I didn't need to study theology to see that. I was just reading the Bible as a rookie believer. And I was seeing this over and over and over. It will be for me unthinkable not to, it will be for me kind of really like stupid not to see that. It will be kind of really stupid not to see that the God whom I believe is indeed the God of the Jews because it's what he, it is what he says over and over. What do you want God to say to you about something that he wants to tell you? Don't you want him to say it straightforward? Look into your eye and say, this is it. And that's what he's saying. But only when I came to South Africa, I encountered one of the greatest lies I have encountered, something called replacement theology. People say, no, 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 we are not the new Jews. We're not the new Israel. Jews, God has forsaken. Then God raised me up to counter that. Also, when I came to South Africa, I saw another big lie. Churches are saying this lie. Pastors are saying this lie. That we all believe in the same God. Muslims believe in the same God as Christians. It angered me in the very core of my being. And God raised me up to counter that lie. As I started countering the lie, I was mocked by many theologians because they told me, you're not a theologian. Where is, where is your degree from? And one day, I was very disturbed by this. I was praying and I was talking to the Lord. Eventually, one day, God told me, well, then go become a theologian and prove them wrong. Fine, I'll become a theologian. Then I went and I studied theology from scratch again in South Africa at South African Theological Seminary. Eventually, I earned the respect of the Theological Seminary I became a lecturer there. I wrote books to counter these two lies. 
And that's why many people started recognizing me as guy, as this guy who deals with the issue of Islam. But Islam was only one of the lies I was dealing with. What about the lie of anti-Semitism? The lie of replacement theology? Anyhow, there are books on our website. Go to countdowntochrist.com. Simple as that, countdowntochrist.com. Go to the pay, download page. You will see there are books that you can download and read for free. One of them is called, I am a Zionist Christian. I gave that title intentionally to irritate the demons out of Christians that believe in replacement theology. Yes, indeed, I am a Zionist Christian because my God is Zionist God. Zionism is not my idea. It's the idea of the God of the Bible. It is his promise to the Jewish people that he is going to bring them back one day. As he scattered them around the world, he's going to bring them back. And you know what? He did it already. In 1948, out of nothing, the nation of Israel, the Jewish nation of Israel, just popped out of the ground like mushroom in their homeland, according to the promise of God. And since that day, they just grew from strength to strength, just as God said. For me, it's actually incredibly funny. It's very entertaining to look at the history of the Jews and the Middle Eastern nations in the last 70, 72 years, because every war, those five, six Arab nations come together and attack against Israel. Every time they attack you know, together, from simultaneously from different directions, they have this amazing gift to manage to lose the war. <laughs> it's, isn't it amazing? I mean, how can six nations manage to lose a war against one tiny nation over and over in 72 years' time consistently? Or that tiny nation has a mighty God. If you can't see that, then you call yourself Christian, something is wrong with you. If you can't see that and call yourself Christian, I am sorry to tell you that something is wrong somewhere. God did what he said. He brought them back in 1948, miraculously. He established them. He rooted them. He turned the desert into one of the most prosperous, most fertile farming land. They became, they are on the rise. They became a super nation. They are becoming a super nation. Today, tell me what nation of the world can, without hesitance, attack the Israeli nation? It will take either madness or a super military power. Because, as God said, as God promised, they became a mighty force to reckon with. God promised all of that. Why? Because that nation still plays a central role in God's plan for ages. But you know what? There's more to come. More things are on the list to come. Enemies of Israel is going to become bolder and more frustrated. As they become frustrated, they become stupid. They start acting in a stupid way. And they start taking daring stance against the nation of Israel. And God will bring them to their knees, as we read in the Bible. Now, there are a couple of passages I want to read. These passages, I believe, are essential passages. 
they play such crucial role in who you are, who I am, who God is, and who Jews are. If you cannot connect these, these three together, who you are, who God is, who you are, and who Jews are, and if you still call yourself Christian, I am sorry to inform you that something is not right somewhere. Number one, the God whom we worship and who believe, whom we believe is the God of the Jews. He's not God of the Europeans. He's not God of the Americans. He's not God of any other nation. He's the God of the Jews. That is his word. That is what he said about himself. In Romans, Apostle Paul, one of the harshest critics of the Jewish nation because of their rejection of Jesus, he said, Apostle Paul, the person who criticized the Jews the most in the Bible, he said this. They are, they are Israelites. It is Romans chapter 9, verse 4 I am reading from. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the temple service, the promises. The ancestors are theirs, and from them, by physical descent, came Christ, who is God over all, praised forever. Even the, even the Jesus whom we believe, whom we claim to believe, is a Jew. Did you know that? Jesus whom Christians claim to believe is a Jew. You can't, he can't be more Jew than what he is already. I am saying all of this. I am sure in this congregation you guys are aware of this fact. But I am saying this in keeping in mind that this recording will be watched by many people around the world. And many people, many Christians around the world still hold on to replacement theology. They still diminish. They still try to diminish the role, central role, Jewish people play in, the God's, in God's plan for ages. But secondly, the other verse I want to go and visit is, that's a testimony that verse is kind of a reflection of my testimony. That's in Ephesians chapter 2. That's one of the first verses I memorized when I became a believer. Chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. For you are saved by grace, and it's not your own doing. You are saved by, by grace to do the good works God has prepared for you. Now, that is for me always a challenge. I, I always have to check myself, balance myself. Am I busy doing the good works God has prepared for me? Or what am I doing with my life? Am I living my life according to my own understanding? Or am I trying to follow after the guidance of God, guidance of the Holy Spirit? Now, I, I want to pose that question to you. How do you live your life today if you're a believer in Jesus Christ of the Bible? How do you live your life today? How do you make your decisions for your tomorrow? How do you raise your children? How do you manage your family, your finances, and whatever else? How do you even choose the man or woman you want to get married to? Are you following after your own ideas? Or the ideas of the people around you? Or are you intentionally putting yourself right before God and asking God to lead you? Deep down in your heart, is it your desire to follow after the guidance of God and do the things God has preordained for you? In other words, do you have a servant attitude before King of Kings? 
I want to leave that question with you. I hope you will take it seriously. Apostle Paul, in Romans chapter 1, as a Jew, he wrote this. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, and also to Greek. For in righteousness of God is revealed for in righteousness for in that righteousness of God is revealed from for, from faith to faith. Just it is written, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Shoshana also mentioned that. Habakkuk wrote that first. Actually, Apostle Paul is alluding to Habakkuk's letter. Righteous shall live by faith. But faith in what? Faith in Buddha? Faith in good luck? Faith in Eskom? Faith in President Ramaphosa? You're laughing, but you know how many people in our country today really live by faith in the president? People in this country live by faith in the president. People in this country live by faith in their employment. People around the world live by faith in their bank account. Where is your faith? Yes, faith is an important element, and faith is a big word everybody is using. But where is your faith positioned? Is it in Christ, or is it, is it in something else? Faith that is positioned on Christ will give salvation first to Jew, then to Gentile. And that should bring us to exactly what Pastor Nick was mentioning today. How great it is, how wonderful it is when Jewish people, when Holy Spirit opened their eyes and they see Messiah and they turn to Him. How wonderful that is. If when Jews turn away from God, then God, to cause Jews into jealousy, God brings a multitude of Gentiles to His kingdom. Imagine how great things God will do when Jews come to God. So, we must love the Jewish nation because God loves them. But we must also pray and work towards their salvation through Yeshua. A Jewish friend of mine said, loving Jews and sending them money but not sharing the gospel with them is not loving them. There are many churches that do that today in America and in South Africa as well. They hold on to a theology called dual covenant theology. They hold on to an idea that Jews will be saved by their religious actions without believing in Yeshua. That is not true. No one is going to be saved without believing in Jesus Christ or Yeshua. No one can be saved. The Bible says there is only one name under heaven given to mankind through which we, by which we can be saved. Yeshua, Messiah, Jesus Christ. Whether you are Jew or Gentile, you will not be saved if you don't believe in Him. But salvation first came to the Jew. And then through Jew, salvation came to us, the Gentiles. We owe a great death of gratitude to them. Thank you.